Hi guys, and welcome to the latest episode of the FPL Double Up podcast, ready for game weeks 21 and 22. We're going to cover off both game weeks because they're you know so close together. We have a Saturday deadline followed by a f- another Tuesday deadline. Uh, this week, there's no John. As you can hear, this is FPL Heisenberg, Wes here, um, doing the intro, which is a, a new thing for myself here. So I'm winging it. Don't really know what I'm doing. Uh, I need my host, John, back. But we'll be okay because we've got uh, a very special guest today. We've got Rich. Rich, do you want to give yourself a little introduction? Sure. Cheers, Wes. Well, first off, uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, hopefully, I can uh, I can do uh, some justice to the pod. I haven't quite got a kind face like John, but I'll give it a go. Um, <laughs> so I um, I write now um, for Fantasy Football Hub as uh, using fantasy, uh, fantasy Premier League points as a metric. Um, it aids me with my decision making when I'm looking at transfers. Part of the uh, part of the Wolfpack as well. Oi oi to the boys if any of them are listening. Um, I've been playing fantasy football FPL since it was Budweiser fantasy football I think back in the day um just yeah just love love playing it love talking about it sweet yeah so yeah you're part of uh fantasy football hub which is good as am I as is as is John as well um so yeah pleasure to have you on I know you've been listening over the last few weeks um we chat on whatsapp quite a lot so yes pleasure to get you on uh and yeah let's uh let's see how we get on and just before we get into the meet the pod shout out for our partners fan slide Fanslide, for those who don't know, obviously we say about every week, but for new listeners, it's uh, the first in-play fantasy football game, completely comp- complimentary of FPL, so you can use all your research and then apply it to a solitary game. And also it's free to play, free to download, you know, 100% free, but there's cash prizes up for grabs, so there's nothing to lose and you can win yourself a few quid as well. And the best way to play it is to get your friends involved and have that banter going on the WhatsApp because, yeah, it's, there's nothing better than beating your mates, even if there's no money involved. So, yeah, that's how I like to play it. So, right, let's get cracking then, Rich. So, um, with yourself, like you said, you've been playing FPL for... Uh, what 10 odd years now and probably probably like me I guess like I remember playing fantasy football when I was kind of 14 15 maybe even younger actually um in in, in my local area someone actually ran a league because uh, there was no sort of internet leagues back then um so yeah I guess you've been playing for many years I know that you obviously you know huge huge on your FPL you do create loads of content um so yeah it's a pleasure to have you on and in terms of your season, how's it going so far? Um, it's, yeah, it's been a bit of a shocker. Um, I'm, I think, I think I'm finally turning it around now. I had a really good game mm. week one. I was ranked 84k game week one, and then uh, I was, I think, two million round in between 1.5 and two million for all the way up to 17. Uh, played my free hit in 17 and got that down to, I think it was about. I don't know, 1.4 million. So that was quite good because the chip um, gained me 30 points on if I hadn't played it. Um, so I was pleased with nice. how that went. And then I played Bench Boost week just gone. Took a minus eight into that one um, to bring in Kevin De Bruyne, John Stones. Um, and then I got rid of Harry Kane for Mikel Antonio. So on the whole, that paid Lovely. off handsomely. Uh, just mm. unfortunate that De Bruyne is injured now. Um, but going into this week, I'm ranked 988k, um, which is nowhere near where I want to be, but it's a marked improvement on where I was yeah, a couple a, of weeks ago. 
it's a big improvement when you've had a, a slow start or a bad start and you just can't get out of a rut. It can. Is, is, this is going to kind of lead me on to, we'll get going with the question soon, but this is going to kind of lead into one that, you know, so uh, we've got a question um, regarding, you know, what do you do if you're, you are having a bad season? And I think you are a good example of, you know, the first half of your season was almost languishing and now you've you've jumped, am I right in saying around a million places? Yeah, so in in a couple of weeks it was just under a million places, which is massive. Um, yeah, in two weeks, hope, yeah, that's huge. yeah. Hopefully, I can kick on. I'm not really one for looking at my rank halfway through a game week, um, but I'm on 45 yeah. points this week already because of Cancelo. That's a good start. Um, and Gundogan. So yeah, I've made a good start this week, and hopefully, I can get another hefty green arrow and and keep keep pushing. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we just so uh, everyone's aware, we're recording this Wednesday afternoon. So we've had had the games last night, but that's it. We've had the obviously the Man City game, Arsenal game, etc. So yeah, I think a lot of people will be listening in, and I think it's been it's been a really big start for some. But I guess you could be on the opposite end of it. You know, the likes of Soychek, uh, Gundogan, Cancelo, Rafinha, Saka. Um, they've all had big scores, even Lacazette. You know, some. Uh, some people have got them. Uh, so there's some big scores out there already with only half the, or maybe even less than half, half the game week gone. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's, no, it's not not really worth checking rank halfway through the seat, halfway through a game week, I should say. But it is good to get off to a nice start. And yeah, your team seems to be in good shape now and you're kicking on. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch on our teams a bit later on and I'll run through, I'll bring John's up as well just to bring everyone up to speed with how John's doing because obviously we've got a little side bet going ourselves. But yeah, let's get cracking with the uh, questions. Uh, so the first one, whilst I get them up, um, so this is kind of in two parts. I'll actually start at the the end of this because this is from FPL Cantona and it's kind of what we've been talking about. So what advice, and I'll let you take this one, Rich, because okay. um, I've had a run of, you know, I've had a decent run of green arrows from like week six to 16. Then I've had a bit of a blip just now with messing up with bench boost, etc. And now this week it looks like I may be back on track, but you've had a slump for a longer time than that. So... Uh, what advice do you have for managers in a slump who have made lots of mistakes over recent weeks asking for a friend? Um, I think that was sarcastic, obviously. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would just say um, trust in what, trust in the decisions that you're you're making. You're, it's, you're probably making good decisions, but there's so much variance this season. Um, speaking from personal experience, every like even going back through some of the um, some of the weeks that I've had poor weeks at the time. I felt it was a good decision. I mean, on my wild card, I looked at how Man City were playing. Um, and so I got Triple City in. I think it was Sterling, um, Sterling Foden, and maybe even, what? even De Bru- like all what three of them. That? that was like game week three. So off the back of, off the back of their first game um, where they played really well against Wolves and looked great. I thought, yep, yeah, I'll be there. They've picked it where they left off. So I'm going to go back in, go back in on Triple City. Um, I also, uh, saw that Wolves had tasty fixtures coming up, so I went with uh, Triple Wolves as well. Mm. Uh, the likes of Sice and Jimenez. Um, but ultimately, now I can look back and say, well, it didn't work out because Wolves. I think in the, fir- the first game after that, lost four 0 to West Ham. But at the time, it was a good. I felt it was a good decision based on the information I had. So yeah. I, I just say and keep. You, yeah, it's all right. Go on, Wes. No, I was just going to jump in and say you was probably making those decisions based off the previous season where, you know, Wolves uh, have been good for like, a, until this season, they're going through a bit of a transition, aren't they? But until this season, so game week three t- time, you kind of still got the previous season in your mind. 
Yeah. So you brought in players like Jimenez, who, you know, reliable players. I think I had him early early doors in the season. Um, Roman Sace, again, looked like a good option. Goal-scoring option, goal-scoring threat, relatively cheap, playing in what is traditionally a good defensive side. But then things like Sace lost his place. The triple City for yourself didn't work because City, at that point, um, stopped scoring goals, didn't they, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you'd have lost out there. Did you have triple? Uh, was it triple city midfielders? I think. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to go back. I don't think I had because I think at the time I'm not sure if at the time they'd signed Diaz. So at the time I think I went all in on their attack. The three. I think yeah. I went. It was either Sterling, Foden, De Bruyne, or, but I can't remember. But I suppose the yeah. one learning I take now is I work harder too early. But all I Possibly. all I can say all I can say to somebody that's going through a rough patch is just just keep making. The good, like good decisions based on the intel you've got at the time, and it will it'll even yeah. itself out. Yeah, and I'll, I'll jump in and just add a little bit onto that. Um, like I say, sometimes, sometimes you will make mistakes over the course of the season. I remember seasons where I've ranked really well, like in the top one k. I've still made plenty of mistakes over those seasons, and other times, like you say, sometimes you, you miss out on a big score not because of a bad mistake, just because of the way you know the dice rolls or whatever. But what I would say is don't let a mistake or bad decision or bad luck affect the way you play. So obviously last, uh, not this this week I'm doing fine. The week before I had a really bad week on my, what was supposed to be a bench boost. So that was really wounding for me in terms of, I didn't about activate my bench boost. My own fault, of course. And um, But I, th- I thought at the start of the week, right, my front 11 is still good. Most of them have got doubles, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, they all had, you know, had a shocking week compared to the average and everyone else. And all, you know, the first sort of instinct that happens at that point is, uh, you know, my, my team's shit, I need to make loads of changes. So, like, I started drafting at minus fours for, you know, get Harry Kane in straight away for for Vardy and do this, do that. But what I actually did this week, if I had done that, I would have benched Sojcek for his, whatever he got, 15-pointer, and I'd have taken a minus four. So that would have meant Harry Kane hasn't played yet, but he'd have had to get 19 points against uh, Liverpool just to match, match that. So... And obviously, maybe that example is not great because, you know, Sojcik getting a 15 pointer is a bit lucky slash rare. But what the overall point I'm trying to make is not to sort of don't try and fix bad, you know, a bad game week score or bad previous decision or whatever it is with making more bad decisions by like chasing your losses. You've got to just calm down, play, play a normal game. Um, and keep making those right decisions and you will climb the ranks. But we'll, we'll leave that question there now because you answered it really well and I'm just blabbing on now. Uh, but we'll, we'll go back to his... Um, uh, so FPL Council, I started this off with another question. Is it too late to jump on the Gundogan train? And it looks like he's also had um, he also had Foden and didn't want to take a hit. But to try and make it a more um, general point, I'll let you jump in on this as well, Rich, but I'll, I'll start off with this one. In terms of... I don't think... No, it's definitely not too late to get on the Gundogan train because Man City will have um, a double game week in game week 26. There's also talk about... game. Uh, them having a double game week in 24 and 27, I think. I'm not in, you know, don't quote me on that, but I know that they've got games to be rearranged and they could be soon. So my point there is Gundogan's in top, top form. His finishing's excellent at the minute and he's getting into positions where, you know, he's almost playing like the centre forward sometimes. You know, I watched the game against West Brom last night and yeah, just in really good positions. And then when he gets the ball, he's actually got that composure, that ability to just take his time and just finish. Um, so he's a really good asset. He's only, what, 5.7 mil. He's on penalties, we think, with De Bruyne out and then like Sterling missing and no Aguero at the minute. So it's definitely not too late to get on him. Um, what I would say about Foden is, though, Foden is in good form overall um, in the FA Cup and in the league as well now. He did get 
Gundogan and Foden both came off, I think, around the 50, 50th minute last night. So they're both kind of being saved for the next Premier League game, you'd imagine. Not that we can, you know, fully predict Pep, but you'd imagine that those both start now. So for those out there who have Foden, who are considering switching to Gundogan, I'd probably just, I'd probably stick in that situation to Foden or I'd get both. I wouldn't be tra- transferring out Foden right now because there's, there's every chance that Foden has a big week this week. Um, so yeah, what's your thoughts on that general topic, Rich? Uh, yeah, echo what you say. Um, I was in a similar, I was in a similar situation myself in that um, I, when I free hit it in eighteen, I put Gundu in. Uh, yeah, he looked, same. He looked so, he looked so good. And I was saying to a friend that I've got a bet on with, because he was like, oh, the Gundogan pick's a bit odd. And uh, he, he basically, he trapped me completely because I went into detail about his heat maps and his average position and how far he was getting forward and all the shots he was taking. Um, and then when it came to the week after, I went for De Bruyne over Gundogan on, on my, in my transfers for f- the KDB fear. And then Gundogan goes and gets 18 points. And lo and behold, yeah. the guy that I've got a bet on with put Gundogan in. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's yeah, I've put him in this week. It's not too late to get on that train. Um, they've got decent fixtures. He's in good form. Um, I wouldn't overthink it. Yeah, never never help your uh, your real life mates with uh, stuff like that. <laughs> when when my mates try and um, try and get some information out of me, I've I've usually been very coy over the years, but now not so much. Now they sort of uh, are aware of my you know my Twitter <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, I think I think we've covered that. Um, we all know what a good asset Gundogan is now. Forget the past because he's playing in a different position. He's playing with confidence, and yeah, it's just it's a completely different role. And like you say, he's on penalties, he's cheap. Yeah, don't, like you say, don't overthink it. Um, get him in for me, uh, if, you, if you can. But it's a difficult one as well. I guess this isn't really a question, but it's a topic that's on my mind. There's, last week, there's a lot of talk of triple City defence, and it's still a viable option. But the reason why I won't do it and why I don't like it, and why I might not even double up on their defence, is because I always think of a Man City team of getting back to how they were playing last night, of putting three, four, five next, uh, against teams so I don't know if I want to bring in maybe I'd want to bring in a Sterling or something like that to go along I've got Gundogan and Cancelo for example and you know it makes complete sense to get someone like Diaz or John Stones I get that uh, but yeah I, I'm st- I've still got my door open to get that third Man City slot of either yeah um, I've got plenty in the bank so I could get Sterling in midfield I could get Foden I could get Mares. Uh not that I, I like Mares as an option at all actually because he's rotated but I think you get what I'm trying to say there. Um, some of the questions. Again, whilst we're on the Gundawan topic, uh, Lynn, Lynn underscore FBL, uh, big, in the, big uh, character in the FBL community on Twitter, asks, is Gundogan a viable captain against Sheffield United? I never, ever thought I would ever, ever consider that. <laughs> but there you go. Strange season indeed. Yeah. And John, uh, John Nellis has actually replied to that saying, on Twitter if I die in the next few days it's where I'm at anyway because he's already saved Gundogan as his captain and I've done the same actually Gundogan is currently set as my captain Cancelo is tempting me um, so I guess we we can elaborate this into a bit of a captaincy chat Rich about who we're look at, looking at for captaincy for the next two game weeks um, and we'll also speak about Gundogan captain's options so yeah what are you thinking about captaincy mate? Um, so the thing with Sheffield United for me is that they don't they don't concede as many chances um, or shots as mm. West Brom. So my my thoughts were yeah so a Cancelo um, would a Cancelo or a, you know Stones if I'm worried about Cancelo being uh, rotated might be the safer play in for me just because I'm not sure 
if City will be able to do what they've done to West Brom to Sheffield United. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think I think City are the form team. Um, they've got the bit between their teeth. They are uh, top of the league now. They are miles ahead of Liverpool. Um, and although they've got United um, sort of breathing down their necks, they're by far the best team in the league. So I don't think you can. You, I don't think it's a bad decision to captain any City asset at the moment. Yeah, and on, on that subject, in terms of their defensive stats, Man City, we all know that they've only conceded. You know, I haven't got the stats to hand, but barely any goals in the last like twelve games. Something you know they've got an incredible amount of clean sheets, especially when they're playing their you know their their full strength team in terms of you know Stones and Diaz at centre back. You know they conceded in the cup to Cheltenham, but that was a much changed team. So if you do captain and Sheffield United have scored the least goals in the league, I believe. Um, and yeah, them and Burnley are right down there in terms of goals scored. So if you did captain the likes of Cancelo or Stones, there's a good chance of a clean sheet there straight away. So it's a nice little. And then if they do get an attacking return on top, you could be laughing there. And especially someone like Cancelo, so attacking. He, he finally actually fulfilled his attacking potential last night with a, uh, a nice assist for Gundawan, a really nice goal, left footed top corner. Um, you know, it seemed like it was offside, didn't it? But what I'm trying to get at, and he, he had, a, I think he had a couple more shots later on, and there was one chance as well in in open play. I think Gundogan slipped him through, and I thought he was going to shoot, but then he like he messed up a little bit. But he's getting into those positions, and my point I'm trying to make is against Sheffield United, the, there's got to be a really strong chance of a clean sheet there. So there's six points for your Man City defender, plus the potential of attacking returns. So attacking, uh, sorry, captain making a defender captain is something I rarely do. I did it last season for Trent away at Watford, didn't work out. Uh, but equally, Salah also blanked that game. Who was my other option? Um, but yeah, I'd happily can, uh, captain Cancelo, and I would happily captain Gundogan. I know, I know what you're saying about um, them conceding chances, and they won't do what they did to West Brom. And I do agree with that. I don't think they were five nil West uh, Sheffield United, but I do see Gundogan having a strong chance of getting a goal. Gundogan's pretty good for bonus points. And like we said, he's on penalties now as well. So yeah. an even an even greater chance of of getting a, a double digit return there. So he's still a, he's still definitely a viable captaincy option, especially when Fernandez is away at Arsenal. Arsenal are much improved at the minute. Fernandez is awesome away from home though. And then um Salah's away at West Ham. West Ham are flying at the minute. And who else is there? So about the big hitters, Spurs have got Is it Brighton? Yeah. Brighton away, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Kane and Son are definitely still options for that one. But again, Brighton aren't a team who actually concede a lot of chances either. Although they, they do, you know, they do always seem to be fairly leaky at the back. So there's some good, there's some decent options out there this week. But because Salah and Fernandez don't have particularly good games, and uh, yeah, there's no De Bruyne to captain from City. I think Gundogan's are definitely. A, uh, it's not a, a punt to captain Gundogan this week, and it, I would say it's not even a punt to captain a defender. From, from City and like you said earlier they're all good options if we just look forward like we said we're going to cover off games 21 and 22 in this pod so my captain or who I think is going to be the best captain for game week 22 would it does depend on obviously form because Liverpool have still got to play this game week and um, and obviously the following game week but in week 22 Liverpool are home to Brighton and if they have returned to some sort of better form Salah's definitely an option there and Man City away at Burnley. Again, it's kind of one of those where are Man City going to destroy them like they did to West Brom? Almost certainly not. But I guess you've still got your, your City assets to, to captain in that game because it is only it is still Burnley. And what am I trying to say here? And Man City are in, in amazing form. Uh, 
yeah, I don't know who you're thinking about. I don't know if you even thought that. For, I don't, uh, uh, full disclosure, I don't think weeks in advance for captains because I like to judge it based on, you know, the re- uh, recent form, who's had a little rest here and there or whatever. So I don't like to commit to captains too early doors, but it's it's nice to have a little chat about it. Yeah, I was going to say um, Salah looks looks very good against Man United in the cup, um, despite yeah. Liverpool going out. It was a it was a much improved performance. Um, so I'm going to have a keen eye on the Tottenham game tomorrow night. Uh, Burnley v yeah, Villa same. will be an interesting one for me because I think Burnley, are, well Burnley and Villa are quite high up in recent weeks for chances and shots conceded. So if Burnley are still pretty leaky and that's you know and Villa can do that to them, then yeah, it might give me more confidence. Um, to put it think, on somebody like Gundogan. Yeah, the thing about um, Burnley's, I feel like, because they conceded a fair amount of shots against Liverpool as well, and I think I saw something on Twitter which was like um, that Burnley are kind of masters at getting their opposition to shoot like when low quality low shots. Chance, yeah, yeah, low quality shots, yeah. low quality shots of actually, which is why Pope picks up. He, he's a good goalkeeper, of course, and makes good saves, but he also makes a lot of easy saves mm-hmm. because their defence, I guess they are so organised in such a way that um, yeah, it restricts players to sort of longer range shots or yeah, like you said, low quality shots. So yeah, but it, it definitely wouldn't put me off capt- uh, making a Man City asset my captain. But yeah, let's move back to some of the other questions. Um, what is the optimal forward line? So this is from at Vardy Boys. What is the optimal forward line? Is there a case for going with three budget options up top over Kane? I've got, I mean, I've got three budget options. I've got Bamford, Antonio and Watkins. Um, but I am looking at changing two of those potentially. Um, really? I, yeah, I think, I think Bamford, initially when I got Bamford, he was a volume play on the fact that he got plenty of opportunity. And yeah. so if he were, if he was to blank uh, week to week, I could kind of take it on the chin because I knew that he was getting plenty of chances. Yeah, We've yeah. seen that he can, you know, finish well. Um, in certain games but those have dried up I think in the last four weeks I think he's only had like 10 shots or something like that um, so he's on the chopping block um, yeah and Kane is probably one of those that I want to look at bringing in I'm just going to jump in on sorry yeah, mate, to it. interrupt I just wanted to jump in on Bamford before you moved on because like you say I think I saw on Twitter earlier today that game weeks 1 to 15 leads the metrics for leads as a team getting you know shots away and XG and shots on target shots in the box all that stuff was much higher than it has been from game week 16 to 20. So the last five game weeks, are, they're, they're lagging behind in that respect. Um, and they have had some some okay fixtures in there. You know, Newcastle last night, that's that's a good fixture. Um, so, yeah, I, I do agree on Bamford. I think I've got other... I've still, I'm still carrying Vardy myself, so I will probably will carry Bamford and hope. My hope is Leeds return to the leads of, you know, the first 15 game weeks rather than the last five. But yeah, I'm definitely he's definitely on the chopping block. If so let's say for example, if I was wildcarding, my front three would possibly be, and it wouldn't be necessarily budget one, it would possibly be Kane, maybe Calvert Lewin, depending on how he plays tonight, because I'm a big believer in Calvert Lewin when he has Richarlison, James Rodriguez and Luca Dean all fit, and they are now. There's a stage when none of them were playing or, you know, they was coming back and kept getting injured or getting suspended. Um, and those three really affect the way Everton play and Calvert-Lewin when he gets a chance he scores them but they, he just wasn't getting them so yeah I've got Keno and Calvert-Lewin Kane is Kane I really love him I haven't had him before he's one of my favourite players in the whole league as in football players he's a player I, I just do want to have but I haven't I didn't I didn't want to take a minus four for him 
at home to Liverpool, like I said, as and I did want to play Soychek. Um, but back to the budget strikers, and and I'll let you, you you finish your point in a second. I do think there is a uh, your your front three is pretty good. I think you have got Watkins, Bamford, and Antonio. Antonio looks great. He last night he was really unlucky in terms of I use a you know you might disagree. It's bad luck. Maybe it's bad finishing, but I'll call it unlucky. Hmm. He hit the post twice. And there was a save from the keeper that was a really good save from like a shot from like the six yard box line. And he, he picked him an assist as well last night. So he could have easily come away with a bit of a haul there. And uh, Watkins is a player I do really like. He kind of looks good in all the stats, but he needs to actually start. Like you've been frustrated by him. I know that you've had him for a fair few weeks. Um, but I do think, yeah, there's definitely an option of going for that, those budget strikers. Don't be afraid to sit there with loads of money in the bank. Uh, don't spend the money for the sake of it on expensive players but yeah I think my front three of choice would be sort of Antonio DCL Kane um, and yeah sorry I, I interrupted earlier just made a small point <laughs> and I just waffled on no it's alright I was going to say um, the point you've made about DCL is ex- the exact point I made um, I was on the Wolfpack podcast on the weekend and when mm. when they're, when Everton are fully fit and they've got Dino Richarlison um, etc and Hammers, of course Hammers, um, yeah they've, they've looked really really good so Leicester's a bit of a, a bit of an eye test for me um, yeah. Just to see if, like, how they how they can produce and if they can get back to where they were, um, and if so, then I yeah, I think I'd like to bring him in. But that might have to be at the expense of Watkins, um, despite yeah, the fact that I was just going to say, despite the fact they've got games in hand. But um, I kind of feel like the short term play would be to get DCL and then go back to Watkins when the doubles. Run yeah, out. and and DCL is almost in that budget category anyway he's only i think he's failed to maybe 7.7 7.6-ish yeah so there's maybe right. only a million a million more than those some of those guys we've mentioned anyway and with a lot of people like myself having that money in the bank from from having gundawan as opposed to a traditional 10 million 11 million pound midfielder there's a lot of lot of money flying around for most people so upgrading from the likes of a watkins to a calvert-lewin is really easy at the minute for most um, so that's that could be a good shout um I feel like I was going to say something else, but yeah, don't worry. I think um, I think we've kind of covered that off there. Oh, that was the other thing. So yeah, Calvert Lewin has a uh, potential for a double game week, which will include a fixture. One of the fixtures will be Man City. So you know they're they're so good at the back. Can he nick a goal against them? Maybe if Everton are flying, maybe he can. But but a double game week is always good because even if he gets two points against City, and you know a, a, a goal or two in another game. He could easily be sitting there on on a big score. So yeah, Calvert-Lewin's got um, the potential for a double game week in the coming weeks. I think I've seen on on Ben Krellin's Twitter. So that's another sort of tick in his box, isn't it for for um, for the double game week factor? Uh, moving on, shall I move on to some more questions now? Yeah, go for it. So there's one from uh, Say Less FP, which says keep or sell Bamford. We've kind of covered that. It does definitely depend on so many things. For you, it kind of makes sense to sell because you haven't got as many fires as myself. I'm I'm currently carrying Vardy, so it makes no sense for me to prioritise Bamford out over the likes of Vardy because Vardy costs much more money and he's out injured. So it depends. I don't think I, what I would say overall, though, as a generic point, is don't write Bamford off if he's going to keep playing on that lead side. And and they, I do think they will return to their sort of creating a lot of chances uh, style sooner rather than later. Then he could be back in the points. So yeah, it could be a case of being patient with him. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you've got a perfect team, nothing else to change, two free transfers, better than holding in your pocket, money in the bank, and you want to go Bamford to Kane, Bamford to Calvert Lewin, then that could be a good move. Um, 
So this is about Chelsea now, which is an interesting one. And I want to talk, this not a question come through on Twitter, but a question from my mate Jordan Casey, actually. Yeah, we'll do that now. Um, he listens every week. He's been sending in questions via Twitter. He messaged me last night saying um, uh, that we're ignoring his questions, but he's got a, a, <laughs> his, his lockdown, is, um, he's got a private Twitter profile. So when I let him know that, he's like, oh yeah, good point. So uh, that made me laugh. Um, so his, yeah, he was just generally wanting to talk about Arsenal, um, they're interesting. I tend not to go to, for their assets too often. I did in the on my free hit, um, but yeah. How do you? What's your? Have you got any opinions or strong thoughts on the Arsenal boys at the minute? So I really, I really like Smith Rowe uh, at four point five million. Uh, the only yeah. concern is that they've just got uh, is it Martin Udegaard from Madrid yeah. on loan. Uh, I've probably butchered the pronunciation there, but. Um, whether or not he eats into his minutes, because Smith Rowe before that appeared to be nailed at number 10. He's so yeah. creative and just a fantastic bargain for FPL. Um, the other main one I would say is Saka. Uh, um, I think he's like five, he's five and a half or sub yeah. five and a half. And he's just consistently putting out decent numbers. Um, so good. Uh, yeah. And for that price tag, like, yeah, if you, if you've got a spot that you're not sure about in midfield, then I would, I would go for Saka. Um, Lacazette does seem to be pretty good in terms of his conversion rate. Um, but yeah, he's probably a bit more money. And when you've got options like Antonio, DCL, in that, that are slightly cheaper, I probably wouldn't go for Lacazette myself. Yeah, their fixtures are a bit, bit poor in the next three. Man United home, Wolves away, Villa away. Might not be too... Might, they're, they're fairly tricky. Then it's Leeds home, which who knows how... You know, Leeds can, be, can blow you away or they can get get pummeled can't they and mm. then it's City home so fixtures wise they're not the best for Arsenal however yeah if we're going to just discuss their assets as a whole Arsenal have turned a massive corner since that Chelsea game they looked diabolical before then couldn't score goals weren't even keeping clean sheets they brought in some of the youngsters I think that was possibly could be wrong could be uh, Smith Rowe's first game going to try and check that whilst I talk um, let me just check that now so yeah, no, his yeah his first game was sixty four minutes against Chelsea. Got an assist that game. So yeah, Smith Rowe came in and made a whole difference. I think they changed formation, didn't they, and went to a four at the back instead of a three centre backs and, and wing backs, which then freed up T- uh, Kieran Tierney to play as an actual left back and therefore get forward. He was missing again yesterday. He's kind of an injury. Um, he missed out on the free hit week as well. So be careful yeah. with Tierney because he can miss out um, through being maybe a little bit injury prone, maybe not the right word, but he's definitely got an issue, issue at the minute. Then, like you said, I don't want to just repeat yourself, but I do, so I'll, I'll echo what you said on Lacazette. There's probably, for me, there's cheaper options who are better and also the likes of Calvert-Lewin and Kane sort of thing. So yeah, I would personally avoid Lacazette who can go off the boil. He is playing well at the minute though, so he's one of those that if you've got him, you know, after especially after last night, you probably want to keep. But yeah, the two gems for me are Saka at 5.3, yeah, let's just say 5.5-ish. And Smithrow at four point five, like yeah, the, the fact that Smithrow could miss out on game time is a real shame now, uh, and we do need strong benches in COVID time. So maybe a little warning there. Wait to see how that plays out. Maybe if they can both play, um, that could be great for FPL. But yeah, I do worry about him now. So yeah, I think the choice is Saka. He gets the returns. He's really cheap. And like a, that tweet I put out recently, which was like it started off as a joke tweet, but I'm not even you know I'm not even joking anymore. It had Smithrow in it, Saka, uh, Gundogan. Soychek and uh, I think Lookman, all of those are like 5.3 or under and then you've got or sorry 5.7 and under and then you've got like Rafina who got a 13 pointer last night um, who's about 5.3 so there's literally 
I don't remember a time when there's this many sub six million midfielders who you could legitimately actually pick and they're not like random punts or um, they are good picks. I don't know, have I missed any? I think I've covered off all of them. No, I think, I think you've covered them all. I was going to say, like, um, I know that what you're doing most weeks is you're picking between Suchek and Lukman um, as, your, as, your, as your fourth. But you, you get into the point now where some of these guys you can start every week without fear. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, Suchek for me, um, one of my mates was, uh, he, he's, benched Suchek, he's benched Suchek this week, unfortunately. Um, but the, the thing that I liked about Suchek this week is that Palace give up a lot of chance, like headed chances. And so yeah. I was speaking to him at post deadline. I didn't give him anything before that, but about yeah, the fact that I like I liked Suchek this week. Um, but yeah, like he's getting all sorts of goals. You can start him every week. Rafina looks incredible. You can start yeah. him every week. Lookman, I've got Lookman. I really like him. Um, but I guess in respect to the Arsenal guys, it's a no to Laka and a yes to Saka. Is that about right? Yes, that's nice. I like that. Lovely. <laughs> We'll finish that question there because that's perfect. Uh, so this one's, yeah, I was about to do this one. So this one's from Imran Fariz. Um, sorry for butchering your name. I know you listen every week. So yeah, apologies for that. Um, so he's basically said, it's a question that I'm, I'm noticing on a lot of people's lips is, can, could we see the manager bounce at Chelsea, Werner, Pulisic, Ziyech back on the radar, question mark. Um, I'll start, I'll just do a little bit on this and then I'll, I'll let you jump in. So for me, it's definitely wait and see. Um, we don't know what sort of formation he'll play, what sort of players he'll favour. Someone like Mount was nailed, excuse me, nailed on under Frank. Will he be nailed on under? Um, again, I'm going to pr- uh, butcher the pronunciation, so I'm not even going to try under the new manager. <laughs> um, uh, we just don't know. So there's a lot of unanswered um, things at the minute. So yeah, definitely tonight is a good, or whenever they play this game week is a good time to check out how they play. But even then, it's only one game. Uh, is Werner going to bounce back to some sort of is his confidence going to be boosted massively you know potentially he looks like a really good signing at the start and then he's just gone off the boil hasn't he so yeah they definitely are in the back of my mind Chelsea assets but for me I think there's just so much choice out there at the minute and I do think as a manager who likes to rotate and do you really want to be taking a punt on a sort of 8 million Chelsea midfielder when there's all those cheaper ones there's Sterling back to form there's uh, you know Salah and Bruno who are consistent etc etc uh, and then up front, do you really want to be gambling on Werner when there's Kane, DCL, Antonio, Watkins? I don't know. Um, I'm definitely going to wait and see on Chelsea for at least two more weeks. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got Reece James, and I've I've benched him this week because he played uh, the full cup game at the weekend. And um, from what from what I've seen, rather than him sort of having an operation on his knee, he's just managing it. Um, so for me, that kind of screams out that he can't play two games in quick succession. I could be wrong. He could play tonight. Um, I've seen things on Twitter about, um, I think it's Tuchel, Thomas Tuchel. Um, he's, <laughs> I think that's it. He's, he will be playing with, uh, three centre-backs and two wing-backs. Um, and yeah, so Reese James might, Reese James might even start, but that's why I'm going to wait and see. Um, I was looking to sell him. Uh, under Lampard but now I'm going to hold him and see what happens um, so I guess it's a case of if you've got Chelsea assets hold um, but but if you haven't don't buy wait and see yeah 100% agree with that um, so Marina FI Marina FI sorry <laughs> oh god I can't read what's your plans for navigating the blanks slash doubles in the next few weeks so do you want to take this one or do you want me to mate 
No, I'm quite happy to. So um, I'm I was I was up until this double. I was playing about six weeks in advance. I was looking at players that uh, would probably have a double in nineteen. Um, and I was getting them in to avoid taking any hits closer to the deadline. Um, that's kind of cut me off a little bit, I think, because I've been avoiding players that had short-term good fixtures. So what I'm doing now is I'm playing a bit more like three, every three weeks. Um, mm. I'm not thinking about the doubles until they become fully announced, what the fixtures are. Uh, I'm just looking at the fixtures over the next two or three. Um and then I've still got the wild card in my back pocket, so I can adapt to it like that. In regard to the massive blank, I yeah, I'm just going to wait and see a bit closer to the time for that one. Yeah, um, I wouldn't. I I think you'll get punished if you try and plan too far in advance in this season because we just don't know yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And also, yeah, going 29 is too far away to be making too many plans for that. There's a wild card to be played uh, potentially before then. And yeah, so week 29 is looking likely to be a big blank. How big? We're not sure yet. Rearranged fixtures can be added in there. Depends on who goes uh, out of the FA Cup. If there's a few upsets, then that makes that week um, a bit easier to navigate, etc. And week 26 looks like being a big double. So yeah, I'll in an ideal world, I'll be targeting that big double uh, and using my bench boost for that potentially. In the smaller doubles, look to use my triple captain chip. Uh, and there's no better team at the minute than Man City, I guess. So, yeah, I could see myself triple captaining a Man City asset when they get there, sort of when there's a mini-ish double game week with them involved. Uh, but yeah, kind of like you, I'm taking it a bit more short term um, and going from there. For me, I've got the luxury of I haven't got three City players yet anyway. So I'll probably, like I said, I think I'll, I might be bringing in Kane this week. Um and then next week, I can look at maybe bringing in my third City player. And they're a team who are going to double anyway. So it kind of ticks the box of targeting City, even if they don't have a double. But as they do, it makes sense. So yeah, I am not. I don't think we can overplan or get too intricate right now. So yeah, next question. So this is from Eft, uh, EFTPL. Uh, at Rich, congre- uh, Meteoric Rise FPL content creator. Congrats. So he's congratulating you there. His question is, for those hovering around the one mil rank, what sort of higher risk moves would now be viable to climb in the second half? Playing safe seems even harder this year with many more involved managers, so won't give rises. So I'm gonna, I'll let you jump in there because you're, you're ranked similar to the one million mark, so you might be better to answer. But what I will say is I, I, if I was ranked there, I wouldn't be playing any differently. I'd still be trying to make good decisions. I would still be playing it. I'd still be trying to pick those players that I think are going to get the most FPL points. It's as simple as that. I wouldn't be taking a necessary risk, for example, I don't know, like ignoring Gundogan and trying to get someone random in there that, you know, like a Pedro Neto that no one's got at the minute just because, you know, there's a hope that he might bang. I wouldn't be playing it like that. I'd just be playing my normal game. And I've noticed over the years that, you know, you think like, oh, this is, you know, I need differential, I need this, but you don't. If you get a good solid team, solid eleven players, get your captaincy right and stuff like that, you can just climb the ranks. Like I, you've um, had a big rise over the last couple of weeks. I don't think you've done it with, you know, differentials. Essentially, you've just picked a really good. You just managed to build yourself a really good team over the last couple of weeks, and they've then performed for you. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, um, I I haven't really got that maverick style anyway. The, the, you know, the the um, the risky picks because that makes me feel worse if they don't pay off. Um, mm. a lot of the time the, the obvious pick um, is probably the obvious pick for a reason um, and you look at you look at uh, Gundogan as an example this week um, you know I, I was torn between Son and Gundogan all week 
Um, and I went with Gundogan because I just, I just, I didn't want to overthink it. I just thought, look, he's in form. He's playing went... for the best team in the league. I nearly went Foden, didn't I? You did. You did. Um, and I'm, yeah, obviously, I'm glad I didn't. Foden obviously had a good game, but there was no output. Um, so I just, yeah, I just stopped overthinking it. I got the, yeah. I got the transfer done. Um, and I think Twitter can be, can be quite polarizing sometimes. You'll see everyone's arm oh, jumping on the Gundogan bandwagon, and you think, oh, well, maybe I'll play at left field by going for somebody yeah. else. The chances are everyone's doing it because he's got the best chance of doing well. Um, so I would just, I would still, you know, just play your own game. Don't, don't be too risky because you might risk falling down the pecking order. Um, and yeah, it'll come eventually. And what, it's about picking your moments as well. Like I remember early on in the season, like I, I had a bad start. So in between sort of game weeks one and game week six, I was like ranked 1.4, 1.5 million. But I was, you know, because I missed out on players like Calvert-Lewin, who was smashing at the time, Rodriguez smashing it at the time, Kane and Son having mentally high scores at like um, uh, away at Man United and away at Southampton, things like that. But I still wanted those players. Uh, so Calvert-Lewin, I got in fairly early doors. I missed some of his big hauls and a lot of people had him by then. So it was kind of boring to do it and it didn't excite me that much doing it. But I wanted him in and he did really well for me when I had him. So if I'd have gone left field, like I think I was considering someone like Mo Mopay at the time, but he didn't do as well in that time period. So I think it's about picking your moments. Whereas in other times, uh, I think in weeks, uh, so maybe four or five weeks ago, it's not a great example because it didn't pay off handsomely. But uh, you know, a lot of people were getting in Son at the sort of nine point five million pro- uh, midfielder bracket. But I went for the, down the Rashford route, uh, so that was kind of an opportunity where I felt like. I didn't take a risk on purpose and I didn't get a differential on purpose, but I felt like that was the play to make because of Man United's fixtures and the fact they had a double. And I believe Rashford was back on better form following his brace away at Sheffield United. Like I say, it didn't work out handsomely. He did get a couple of goals. Son also chipped in with some points for Spurs. So over the course of that sort of time period, I'm not even sure if it did work out. Maybe Son was the better play. But my point being is there is an opportunity where you can maybe take what would be classified as a, as a risk. Um, not that I did it you know, on purpose to be a risk. I just felt like that was a better player. Uh, whereas this week, like you said, Gundogan was, was the obvious option, but it's the option I actually wanted as well. So, you know, if everyone else does that move as well, then good luck to them. And if no one else did it, also good luck to them. Don't be swayed by the managers. Um, just play your own game and get in. If, if, if that asset is the best player to get in, whether no one's doing it or everyone's doing it, do it regardless. Um, so many, Yeah, thanks everyone for the questions, by the way. I should jump in and say that. There's loads this week. I think everyone wants to speak to Rich, popular guy. Um, so yeah, sorry for for missing any out. It's just mainly due to time. Uh, they're all you know all very good questions, and some we've kind of cons- uh, covered off. Someone's I've just seen a question from, um, oh god, I'm going to butcher them is again, Ewan White uh, about Arsenal assets um, and some other things we've already already covered off. So I won't I won't cover anything off we've um, we've already uh, touched upon. Um, so yeah, is it? So this is another question: Is it still worth doing something like Stones to Cancelo, or is it too hard to predict who will be rested in the City defence in the next two game weeks? Um, it was Stones to Diaz. No, uh, sorry, Stones to Cancelo. So that's a that's a tricky one. I do believe in in Cancelo being the better asset for City. Obviously, Stones has got that that brace, and Stones is a good asset. Stones is a little bit cheaper. It should be noted about point seven, point eight less. So that's handy that having that money in the bank. But uh, in terms of who's most nailed, I'd say they're both probably equal now because Laporte's coming back from injury and getting some game time now. Maybe Laporte will start the odd game. I do still think Stones is 
relatively nailed and you shouldn't worry about it. If he does miss the odd game, just have a strong bench. Stones is unlikely to cameo off the bench. So yeah, have a good strong bench. And then, uh, you know, for these COVID times, it's handy having a strong bench anyway. Uh, but Cancelo is really attacking. I like him. Possibly look at getting both if you can. If you can't, for whatever reason, then a transfer on Stones to Cancelo. It's a bit wasteful for me, going from a City defender to a City defender. Stones could easily pop up with another goal, I suppose. And um, yeah, I guess, like I said earlier, if you've got two free transfers and a perfect squad elsewhere with nothing else to do, then maybe it's a good good play. But yeah, I don't know what you think about that, Rich. Uh, pretty much echo exactly what you say. Um, we've seen Stones... Stones Hall in the double and Cancelo get rested and then get a clean and then this week we've seen Cancelo Hall so you don't I probably wouldn't be hopping in between them because I'd feel like I'd feel I'd feel terrible if I were to miss the other one if that makes sense um, yeah. so yeah like you say Wes if you've got a perfect team and you're almost at the point where you're going to burn a transfer then maybe you do it but other than that I wouldn't yeah cool so I think we've we've gone through loads of questions there like I said everyone thank you for, so much for giving us the questions Hope that's been helpful and I'm I'm pretty confident we've covered everything off, if if not directly, then indirectly. So that's good. Um we usually chat about our own teams here, Rich, for a little bit. Um we don't go into too much detail, but we kind of give an overview of how we're getting on. So I'll start it off uh with how I'm doing at the minute. So and just how my season's going in general, a little update. So yeah, like I said, game weeks one to six were poor. Ten green arrows in a row, got as high as around twenty two K, I think. Um and was obviously delighted with that at that stage of the season. But then, I think it was three red arrows and a bounce, a free hit, which was really disappointing. Obviously, you know, on a free hit week, you expect to be having a really good score and improving. And I did pick a decent team, but, you know, just, you know, Gundogan actually blanked in that one. Um, a few other things just didn't pay off. I had Tierney, but he randomly missed out. And my bench defender was the Newcastle defender who didn't do anything either. And some people had players like Mitchell, but... Yeah, onto this sort of game week. I've, I'd, so I slipped down to around 200k. Now half half through the game week, I've, I've risen up to risen up, risen up, I should say, to where am I? 118k overall. So again, not where I want to be coming the end of the season, but it is still only we're still only half through the season, roughly. There's some more double game weeks to come. I'm still confident of just ploughing on. And like I said, I didn't make any rash decisions after three red arrows. Didn't take a minus four necessarily. I looked at my squad. I thought it's good enough. I'm happy with it. I'm happy to play both Soychik and Lookman this week. Uh, and therefore, I, I avoided a minus. Brought in Gundogan for Rashford. I've got about three, four million in the bank now. So yeah, I can do the, the Kane move next week for Vardy if I want very easily. Or um, yeah, so that's where I'm at. Players who've done well for me this week. Uh, Cancelo, Gundogan, Soychik. Happy with them. And yeah, the, the Leeds guys um, let me down a bit with yeah, Bamford coming off on the 59th minute. So I guess we've, we've got to kind of monitor. Bamford was, a, was you know, for many games this season, he was close to a 90-minute man most weeks. He started off the season with 61-69, then he played 90 minutes, like, you know, 9-10 games in a row. And then even then, it was like 73-83, back to 90 minutes for five games in a row. 59 last night, maybe because it's a lot of games close together. I do still think he's nailed on, but he's definitely one to watch out for if he's going to start becoming a, a subbed player early doors and he's not on form, then it's definitely a, kind of a red flag that he should be moved on. Uh, and Dallas, again, leads are, are kind of strange. They do get some clean sheets. They've got six clean sheets so far this season. Um, but they do they do concede goals. So, yeah, it's a tough one with Dallas. He's got a goal threat. Three goals, two assists, six clean sheets. Only 
His starting price was 4.5, so might stick by him. But like I said, I've got a bit of money in the bank. I could possibly get that extra City defender because they're just a clean sheet machine at the minute. Um, other than that, I've got Fernandez to come tonight, captain. Uh, Watkins, Salah, Lookman and Robertson also to play. So yeah, that's a little roundup of my team. Uh, do you want to do yours, Rich? And then I'll, I'll jump on and do a bit for John as well. Sure. So I've got, um, yeah, Martinez in goal tonight. Um, the City boys, I've got Stones and Cancelo. Both did well last night. Uh, my third defender this week was Dallas. Uh, we don't need to go into that anymore. That was disappointing. And he even had a goal ruled out because it was rightfully ruled out, by the way, for handball. Um, yeah. But he was playing in midfield, which is sometimes what happens with Dallas. So yeah, um, nice. I, I like him as an asset. It's just I want to see how Leeds get on the next few weeks. Um, midfield, uh, Gundogan's uh, got me a return on the first week. I bring him in, which is pleasing. I've got Salah tomorrow. Bruno captain tonight. Uh, Grealish. Uh, as well I've got tonight um, and then up front it's Antonio's already got me an assist and numerous missed chances which is unlucky Yeah. Um, but he's a nice he's, I think he's an easy hold for me at the moment um, Watkins sure. like I mentioned with his endless opportunities and just being incredibly unlucky all season um, and then Bamford yeah like you said he yeah. got hooked got hooked early and um, yeah didn't get to do anything but um, yeah in terms of um, my team is going alright this week 45 Um I'm up to 750k midweek, but I don't I don't like checking it, so I'm not going to look at it too much. Um, but yeah, I was 84k after week one. Then I've spent the rest of the season in between 1.8 and 2 million up yeah. until 18, and now I'm yeah back inside the top million. So I just want to sort of hammer. I want to hammer home that's both of our stories in terms of like for me after game week six, I was ranked at 1.5, like I've said, and I went on this big run, um, which is easy at that stage of the season. But you've proven that even at this stage of the season. Where you're ranked like in a poor position where you didn't want to be, two, three good game weeks, and you're right back up there, and big jumps can be made at those ranks. So I kind of want to hammer at home that my advice for those guys who were in your position two or three weeks ago, you can go on a run like Rich has done, and Richard's Richard's run's not even done yet. He can go push on further and be much higher up the ranks, you know, in the next few weeks as well. So just keep playing in the sensible way, and it and it will happen. Um, but yeah. It, I, I don't know if I actually said how many points I've got this week. I've got 50 points, so fairly similar to you. John has actually got a ver- very, very similar team to yourself. There's only two different players. So he's got uh, Martinez, Stones, Cancelo, Dallas, Gundogan, Grealish and Fernandez captain. He's got Rashford where you've got Salah and he's got Kane where you've got Watkins and he's also got obviously Bamford and Antonio at top. So he's got a very similar team to you. He left Sojcik on the bench this week, which was a bit of a wounder, but equally looking at his team... Uh, He's got such a strong front eleven. Who you know, he had, he had to bench Soychek in that scenario because you're not going to bench Kane, Antonio, or Bamford realistically. Mm. Maybe you will this week. I, I'll I'll touch upon that for my team in a second actually. Um, and in midfield, you're not going to bench Grealish, Fernandez, or Rashford when Rashford's announced fit and he's got Sheffield United at home or Gundogan who scored well anyway. So I don't think John can be too. Um, I don't think it would kicking himself too much about that one. It was the right decision, uh, especially as you know Soychek hadn't been taking too many shots in the last few games. And yeah, there was just no way of him squeezing him in. And and in these sort of, like I said, these COVID times where players can miss out, it is good to have that good first sub. And who knows if one of his players, one of his forward players miss out randomly, then he'll get him off the bench, which will be nice for John. Um, I was going to make a point about something, wasn't I? But I forgot now. What was I going to say? Don't know. Um, yeah, it's completely, completely gone. So yeah, I think, um, I think that's it. Is there anything else you want to say? Before we uh, before I wrap up the pod, um, no, just a big thanks for having me on. Um, 
not um yeah i need to need to get myself some tech um and hopefully i can um yeah hopefully i can guest uh, more frequently if if you boys love me on but yeah i've really enjoyed it um thanks to everyone for giving us the questions to answer and uh, for us to get some content into the podcast um yeah it's been a pleasure thanks both yeah cheers legend thanks for coming on especially at such short notice notice uh stepping in for john and yeah it's been an absolute pleasure having you on could chat happy with you for for much longer but we'll wrap it up now so yeah thanks everyone for listening um give us a a rating on the podcast wherever you get your podcast from follow us on twitter retweet us share it with your friends on whatsapp keep helping us grow the numbers are growing really well actually um so we're really happy with how it's going so thanks for that hope everyone's enjoying it we do get a lot of positive feedback uh, from people you know dm dming me or whatsapp me so that's really nice to hear it definitely helps to motivate us to continue genuinely because with these things if you don't hear back from from anyone you don't really know how it's going down so to hear people are doing it just motivates us to carry on and keep producing good stuff and yeah just a final shout out for fanslide go and download download their app like i said earlier it's completely free to play completely complimentary to fpl there's always money up for grabs on on various different games so you can always play you can sit there watch a game and the good thing is about fanslide compared to say fpl you set your team before the fpl deadline and then it's out of your hands you can't control it whereas you know there's so many games you watch you, you might have captained you know in fpl i'm going off a bit, a bit of a tangent now but in fpl you might have captained say you know when um Salah was at home to say Burnley or you know a, a West Brom and then all of a sudden you watch the game and you realise that that team is just camping in and goals just don't look like they're going to be flowing Liverpool aren't quite at their game or whatever it is at those moments on fan slide you can actually switch you can slide in defenders instead and get some clean sheet points you can actually watch the game see it un- unravel and predict it from there so it's a really fun game play it against your mates and win some cash for free so yeah thanks everyone for listening and cheers Rich for coming on no worries cheers guys Thank you